Good morning. Um, let's pray. Yeah, so Lord, just thank you for this time together. And thank you for just the beautiful gift of your word. And uh, Lord, we just ask that you'll speak to us this morning through your word and, 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 and transform us and form us together through your word. Amen. So I really like our, our Isaiah reading that we just heard. It paints a really nice picture. You know, you can just kind of picture someone who's down in the dumps, maybe. Someone who's just been brought low, but has this hope that God will provide a way and that better days are on the horizon. And like right from that first line, it's just like the wilderness and, uh, and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like a crocus. I'm not real sure what a crocus blossom looks like but it sounds nicer than a barren desert and the next line and it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing I mean that sounds nice um, can't you just picture these crocuses you know well I can't because I don't know what they look like <laughs> but these nice big flowery things just growing up all across the wasteland just rejoicing and singing and then there's, but there's more. I mean, it's like the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the mute will sing, and the lame will leap like a deer, and that even the burning sand of the desert would become a pool of water that gives life. And Isaiah 35 just sounds great. But wait till you get to Isaiah 36, where he talks about how Jerusalem is surrounded by the massive Assyrian army, and God's people are about to lose their home. Like, yeah, chapter 36, it goes downhill real quick. But uh, Isaiah 35, it was written for those people who were in the desert, who were in those, that barren, desolate place. You know, those, uh, these words were written for a nation of people who were scared. And there didn't seem to be any signs of hope. Because no other nation was coming to help them fight off the Assyrians. And in chapter 36, Isaiah uses the word trust several times. At the core of Isaiah's message was a message for God's people to trust in the promises of God in the midst of his terrifying, hopeless-looking situation. Isaiah 35 is great, but the original hearers and readers of these words were people who were in, in, in deep in the midst of a hopeless, barren, desert sort of situation. But right in the middle of all this, in verse 8 in chapter 35, there's this line that just says, A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. So in the middle of all this chaos, there's this little line that talks about how God is going to provide the way towards true salvation. Not just for Israel then and there, but eternal salvation. Salvation that will stretch across all of creation. So, let's fast forward you know, a few hundred years. And out of the wilderness, you know, kids like it when I do this. Um, I trimmed my beard the other day, so it might not work quite as well. But out of the wilderness, you know, comes this, this crazy-looking man. <laughs> and he's wearing a robe made of camel hair. Mm. Makeshift leather belt tied around his waist, eating locust mm, on honey. You just catch a big bug, dip it in honey. 
Mm. Of course, you all know who I'm talking about. It's Bear Grylls, right? <coughs> now, I don't even think John the Baptist would eat half the stuff Bear Grylls will eat. Does that look all right? <laughs> so now we're talking about John the Baptist today. He's the crazy looking man eating bugs who will go on to baptize Jesus. And Jesus would later describe him as the greatest man that has ever lived. John was the prophet that first announced the arrival of the way of, that the way of holiness has come. The eternal, all of creation Savior is here. John was the messenger sent by God to announce the arrival of Jesus. He was given the most favored position of all the prophets in the Bible. Because he got to prepare the way for the Savior. Not that being a prophet ever came across as being like a favored position. Because if you read the Bible, most prophets, they don't tend to have real long careers. Um, like if I were a life insurance, if I owned a life insurance company back in those days, I wouldn't insure a prophet. <laughs> they were pretty prone to getting themselves killed. And John the Baptist found himself in a similar predicament. He was arrested and was about to be killed. Um, so John was really, he's kind of in a similar place to, to those who were in our Isaiah reading. So things were looking pretty hopeless for John. So he sends some of his disciples to Jesus to find out if Jesus is really the Savior. Because I'm sure he was kind of thinking to himself, if he is, I can use a bit of saving. But God's salvation didn't work out that way for John. And it didn't work out that way really for Israel and for our Isaiah reading either. I mean, John was killed. Jerusalem was pretty much destroyed. God didn't rescue them in, the, in their most desperate moment. So, all right, so we're all in the, in the middle of Advent now that I got you all in the real Christmasy spirit, you know. <laughs> and we usually associate Advent with being about celebrating, you know, the birth of Christ, right? It's Christmas time. But I think even more importantly, Advent should draw our attention and focus to the promise of Christ's return. The day when all that Isaiah 35 stuff comes to fruition across all of creation, expanding through the cosmos. The day when John's death will be redeemed. Jerusalem's destruction restored. The day when Jesus will reconcile every wrongdoing that has ever taken place throughout history. God's salvation through Jesus is hard to even imagine what it's going to look like. Revelation 21, he gives us a couple of clues. He just says, every tear will be wiped from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And I love this time of year. Um, I, I love reliving the excitement of Christmas through my kids. And as I get older, it's not so much Christmas Day that I like, it's, it's like right now, the, you know, the, the, the days before and the build up to Christmas. I, I love seeing their excitement and anticipation of, of what's to come. It's a reflection of, I think, what we should all feel. In Matthew 19, Jesus says, Let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. I mean, the kids have something to teach us about the kingdom of heaven. 
And what kids are feeling this time of year is what we should be feeling about the day when Jesus will return. But Christmas isn't really like that for us. This Christmas is going to be really hard for a lot of us. Take these cap hampers, for example. There are loads of families. Um, They're just feeling the pressure to give the kids a nice Christmas that they just can't afford. And uh, so we give, and, and we pray that this will just help ease that a bit. But there are quite a few, we talked about a little bit this morning already, in All Saints that uh, have lost loved ones over the, after the past year. It feels like we've been hit hard this year. And we have several who are just still grieving and just trying to build up the strength to make it through Christmas. <laughs> and if you look around... You see, we have some people from Ukraine. And who would have guessed that that they'd be here a year ago? Um, And they're kind of coming into this Christmas season just feeling, well, they'd rather be in Ukraine, celebrating with their families. So even after the birth of Jesus, life is still hard. But I think if Isaiah was here today, he'd be telling us to trust in the promise of the return of, of Jesus, which is the promise of God. The day that the crocus will bloom, rejoice and sing in the desert, that day is still to come. That day where all the wrongdoings of evil will be no more, where death will be a thing of the past. We long for that day. We long for that Christmas. But meanwhile, Be sure to care for those and and, and love those around us as Jesus did who who might be finding this Christmas especially difficult. And remind them of Jesus' promise that he's with us as we suffer and that there is coming a day when the crocus is going to bloom. Amen.